Welcome to the podcast for real-life heroines. Let's embark on a journey that unveils the extraordinary stories of everyday women who redefine what it means to be a heroine or hero. Life is a tapestry of inspiration and magic, and today's episode is no exception. Here's your host, Susanna Liller. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me on the podcast for Real Life Heroines. And real life heroines because the people, the women that I talk to, and sometimes I talk to men, um, but the, mostly it's women. And the women that I talk to are real life heroines. They're not in a book or in a movie, but what I discover as we talk and I get to know them is they have been on a journey, a heroine's journey, where they have to leave their comfort zone and go on an adventure, which might not feel like a fun adventure. Sometimes it's hard, but they grow and evolve as a result. And I'd like to introduce uh, Chun Sun Beck to you. Chun Sun, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. And we're going to explain what's behind you in the room. But before we do that, <laughs> I, would, I would like to, which is the reason why I got to meet you, which I feel very fortunate that I did. But before we go there, let me just read a little bit from your short little bio that you sent me to help people understand a little bit about you first, and then we'll talk more about you. Yeah. And we we spent some time, everyone, helping me pronounce Chung Sun's name. And I probably still don't have it. You say it for us, Chung Sun. So it's uh, Kyung Sun Beck. Chung Sun. Chung Sun Beck is a wife, a mother, an owner of Freeport Mind Body Fitness which is a fitness studio in Freeport, Maine. And she is originally from South Korea. And you began your journey. And of course, let me just say that we go on many heroines journeys in our lifetime, right? We, it's not just one, but we do one. And then there's another one that comes up. So we keep leaving our comfort zone. But one was when you left South Korea and you began your journey in modern dance in Korea, later expanding your passion for choreography in Amsterdam, the Netherlands in 2001. And then between 2003 and 2010, you immersed yourself in modern dance and improv and the teaching scene in the Netherlands, which I understand is very creative and very full and Korea which you also dance in Korea laying the foundation for your profound life purpose which we're going to talk about too since 2015 you have committed yourself to working with individuals and groups seamlessly guiding them and I'm in the process of this happening to me towards feeling fit embracing flow building strength and unlocking empowerment through the in, integration of body and mind. 
In 2010, you transitioned to the United States with your husband and you started a family. You now have a daughter who is 12 years old. And yeah, so that's a little bit about you. So let's go. um, I have so many questions for you, Chung Sang. I I think that um, my first one is... Why did you leave Korea in the first place? Why didn't you just stay there? Because you were dancing there, mm-hmm. right? And your family is there, I understand. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, um, well, um, well, in that moment, um, to make a decision, I think it built up a lot uh, before. But in that moment, I found a school um, for new dance development in uh, Amsterdam via magazine, actually. Um, But in that moment, I was in the master course in Korea, choreography department. I created um, a piece and um, something was really suppressed that I couldn't really figuring out that what I want to really express. And then um, the I kind of felt the system, the hierarchy really makes me not really fully understand who I am. Um, and then when I found the school in the magazine and then I thought, oh my God, I have to just try to see if it works for me. And then maybe at the moment I thought, maybe I, I'm i not really, you know, dancer, maybe I can become something else, but I have to try this. So I uh, took that opportunity uh, to just uh, flew to Amsterdam and I took an intensive course and during this course, for six weeks course, I found myself uh, very hesitant to change things. And same time, one day I realized wherever I go, it doesn't, it didn't really matter. But what was really, really landed into me that okay, Kyungsun, wake up, what do you want to do? It was really in me. And then wherever I changed the location was not that important. Same time, if I didn't go there, you know, maybe I didn't realize. So it was also important to um, just to try and then uh, to trust my instinct. So that was, yeah. To make a change, to shake things up. As you said, maybe you could have gone to Paris or China, but this really, yeah. So, and then the other, well, so as you said, it was kind of coming upon you that maybe you needed to leave and make a change. And then you saw this in the magazine. And often that is how it happens where a heroine gets a call. It's it's sort of a thing that starts coming and knocking on her inside, and then she eventually hears it and does something. But but was it hard? Was it hard to leave and say goodbye to your family? And did they say no, don't go? And or did they understand? Was was that departure a difficult thing? 
uh, departure was uh, not so difficult uh, for me, but for my mom. And um, I had to leave uh, a lot of things behind. Mm -hmm. um, at the period, I was not as wise as now. So I was really like a holding. If I don't go, I was really self-centered myself. If I don't go, uh, I would be really not happy. So um, I was not really feeling for others, but I had to really urgent to go and then to uh, experience. So, but same time, my mom had a hard time, but she support me to go. Uh, she cried behind me, not in front of me. Yeah. So <laughs> and how old were you? How old were you when you did? I was it? not too young. Uh, I was 25. So uh, with a career and then um, the stabilize uh, what I was doing. So I just behind me and then just want to start again for, yeah, whatever urgent to uh, ex experience my own. Yeah. Right. Huh. And so just as an aside, though, this was very important. It was in Amsterdam that you met your husband, who was also a choreographer and a dancer. And and your dancing was modern dancing. Yeah. So you did a lot of ballet as well. Yeah. I did a ballet uh, in Korea, but not in Amsterdam. So in order to go to a university in Korea, you have to do ballet and traditional uh, Korean traditional dance and then modern dance. And then you can choose what's your major. So my major was a uh, modern dance. Yeah. And so it was in Amsterdam that you found out about gyrotonics and gyrotonics is what led me to you. And yes. let me just say, just so people understand, I'll have you explain it, but um, I was doing a lot of Pilates, Pilates for maybe 10 years and then here in Maine and the pandemic hit and my Pilates teacher stopped teaching and um, I had to find something else to do and get exercise some way. And I need that personal trainer accountability. And a mutual friend said, oh, you should try gyrotonics. It's like Pilates on steroids. So I looked you up, yes. came to your studio. And so can you explain in a simple way, because it, it takes time to really learn what it's about, but what is it? Uh, what is it, Jaratonic? Maybe I have to explain to you why I get into Jaratonic. Yes. Um, yeah, as a professional um, dancer, I know how great feels to have a healthy balance of strengths and flexibility um, and to able to move easily and joyfully. Uh, and same time, I had a lot of several uh, injury from my uh, dance career. And then um, 
I try sort of a different therapies and then really rely on doctors, um, but didn't really stay um, in me. And then I, I was a little bit frustrated. Uh, I couldn't really um, be healthy uh, and do what I like to do. And it but was then, mostly your back, right? Yeah. 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 And also as a dancer, you know, we move so extremely and the repetition movement. So there are a lot of injured, you know, here and there, but my back was really uh, heavy injured. So, uh, but one of my friends, you know, like you, uh, introduced me, Jaratonic. Uh, so I took some Jaratonic sessions in town. And then after six sessions, um, I could move freely and then I didn't have to go to see doctors. And then because I slowly understand what the body and spine movement is uh, uh, helping me to increase my mobility and then strength. And then, yeah, so that was how I met in uh, Jaratonic in 2001. You know, when I went to Amsterdam right after six months, uh, I uh, started Jaratonic. And then, so Jarotonic really gives me um, a lot of a freedom, but it's really, to be honest, it's hard to explain what is Jarotonic because there is a many different aspects of Jarotonic, but I will make sure a little bit um, explain about Jarotonic. Um, Um, for me, gyrotonic is uh, takes um, a very integrated uh, whole body approach to fitness, um, and that different from a uh, conventional linear form of exercise. Um, so through circular and spiral movements, uh, which engage your whole body. Um, connected uh, flow and very um, effectively, I would say, decompress and stretch and then uh, fortify the entire spine. And then, so that's the first thing that I will, um, but this uh, movement uh, resulted then comprehensive toning and uh, uh, how can I say, major system um, so with a particular emphasis on spinal movement. Yes, that's something uh, that you yeah. explained to me. Like what yeah. I learned is that um, you said, you know, I said, well, you were a dancer. And so of course you were toned and, but you said, no, we just mostly we focus on our arms and our legs and it's the spine that is what's most important in gyrotonics and the circular and spiral movements that makes a difference. And um, it's interesting too, that you explained to me that the creator mm -hmm. who happened to be a Hungarian, which was interesting to me because my grandparents were from Hungary and his name I'm forgetting is- Julio. Julio. Uh, Horvath? Yeah, I have to go to, to pronounce his last name. Yeah. Horvath. 
Orvah, yes. And he was injured. He injured his, he was a dancer in Houston, ballet dancer. And of course, you know all this, but just explaining that he injured his Achilles and that stopped him from dancing. But he went and created this, these types of movements using this equipment and um, just started this whole new way of, and also doing yoga. Um, mm -hmm. And now there's like 15,000 trainers and, um, but, and let me just put in this plug, Kunsang, Chungsang is that, um, so I came to you with my back always getting sore and injured. And if I do gardening, then I'm hurting the next day and using the heating pad. And um, I got on your equipment which stretches and then there's all these spiral movements, moving things that normally I wouldn't move. Mm -hmm. And my back now is so much better and I can garden and not be crippled the next day. So I'm an example. <laughs> <laughs> Very good example. <laughs> Very good. Yes, yeah. Let me ask you though, so when in your bio you say your, um, how did you put it? I read it um, about your life purpose, your mm -hmm. profound life purpose, discovering that. So what what did you discover is your life purpose? Um, you mean while I'm working with the people or before I why I found uh, to work with people yes yes I mean what what is it that excites you and gives you that passion to work with people like me and the other people in your studio yeah um so I know well uh what it's like to not be able to move easily um, and pain-free because of my injury. So mm -hmm. um, then um, when I, uh, after I moved to Maine in 2014, um, I was looking for uh, some other workout or because I left my dance career at that period and then I gave a birth so my body was I want to integrate again and then um I just want to become a gyrotonic instructor to help myself and then there was a, I didn't have any job in the period because I moved twice the country and didn't have any network so maybe I can help other people too. So that's how I, very simply how I started. And then, um, but as much as uh, I move on and then I had a new um, clients in the beginning because at first nobody knows about gyrotonic in Maine and then uh, even the dancers and then, yeah, it was just quite uh, open eyes because I moved to always big cities and then not really main in like a small town. So I 
sparks the impression like, oh, wow, I cannot help people because I have to be business person because I didn't know where to meet. And then I just see everybody and then in the street, oh, I can help this person. <laughs> But uh, I had a patient and then one person, two people for three years. Uh, and then I worked with them and then I really enjoy it. And then, you know, uh, I slowly learning that, oh my God, I'm learning so much from them too. Mm -hmm. So it's not only I help them make me happy, but they also helped me so much to understand the, what is body, non-professional dancer body. And then that was really open eyes for me. And then I was so dig into to meet people in this way. It's not just like a fitness what I found. It's also like a, there is a deeper level of um, understanding uh, our body and each other. Um, so for me, that's kind of a, without any family connection and then friends here that was just also another way to meet uh, my friend become a friend so yeah it's a kind of a gradually merging to um, love my job and then helping people so yeah I think that makes a <laughs> yes, well just so if you think about it coming here not knowing anybody but your husband and and his mother which is why you came to Maine I understand um and then starting a business of, of where as you say people didn't know what gyrotonics is and they still don't because I tell people that I'm doing it and what's that and but definitely New York Boston Philadelphia all the big cities have studios and um so but so that was a big we talk about leaving your comfort zone yeah. you really did you really because you left the dancer world and um so if we go back because you shared this with me um when you were young mm -hmm. you were you had a couple traumatic experiences um and you were very shy as a result you sort of withdrew and you know you've talked about in your bio and in you know when we talked prior to this that dancing was a lifeline for you do you want to share how dancing kind of brought you out of that sad place that you were in yeah um so my parents were not so high educated and then they had to work uh, and they got married quite early on. And then uh, the relationship was not so great. And then I was a second child and uh, when my mother had to work, uh, so she sent me to my grandmother's house so quite often, like two hours away. And but I haven't seen maybe my mom, my parents for six to one year like that in that period till seven. Um, well, that 
if I think back, that's kind of a sad, but in the period, I was just very shy, introverted, and then I like to, used to like to walk around and then just knock to other people's house if anybody want to play with me, that kind of, and then, uh, but then, um, when I was 12, uh, my parents divorced and then, um, I had to take care of my brother. And then after a few years later, my brother passed away mm. uh, by accident. Uh, so it was really shock uh, to my family. Everybody was just want to not to talk about it. And mm. then tragic. Yeah, this kind of a few, and then I was very stone faced. Now uh, you can see my smile face, but I was very stone in daily life. I just asked nobody watching me, that kind of a uh, girl, and then uh, grew up that way. And but when I dance, I I felt like uh, I can I could meet myself. So, and in front of a mirror, I usually I didn't really even look at the mirror during the day. And I, but when I go to dance studio, I look myself and then I express and the movement itself will give me a lot of a joy um, experience emotionally, not so gratefully, uh, great. Uh, I didn't open it, but I don't know, something um, connect to my body, I think makes me really happy. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that says a lot for dance, doesn't it? I mean, the wonder of it and what it can do, that expression. And, and so, so really turned you into a different, didn't turn you into a different person. It helped you express who you really are, which was, which was there all the time, but just had withdrawn. Yeah. yeah. So to me, going into that world of dance was one journey and then coming to the to the Netherlands another journey hydroponics yeah. another one and then here you are a businesswoman a businesswoman who's right now in the process of expanding your studio yeah <laughs> so you have more space because you have more clients so let me ask you this if you if you can even do this if where would you think you would be if you had never left Korea? If you had just said, oh, I can't do this. It's too big a change. I'm just going to stay here. What would what would your life be like, you think? Can you even imagine it? Yeah, uh, that's a really interesting question because uh, as, um, I had a lot of questions around that whenever I have a difficulty or you know, one step here, one step there, you know, in uh, Holland or so one step there, one step there. Because of that, I could teach there because it was an easier job because I have a network in Korea and my professor invited me and then to teach. So much easier job there. So always, but you know, my passion and then I want to have a dance project in Holland. So I have a health. <laughs> and then when I moved to um, America uh, with my business, uh, I could always go back to Korea and have a teaching job, right. for example. So whenever we go uh, with my husband, we always had, a, had to teach workshops. So it's a very nice feeling of, you know, 
job is already there and then I could uh, <laughs> so, and it would have been a lot easier definitely definitely easier and same time I'm not sure uh how the lifestyle was easier for me to live there so that was always a questionable mm -hmm. and and then one day, I think it was not so long ago, three, three years ago, I found myself, hey, I have a life here. Let's, I not really think about, oh, maybe one day I will go there and teaching. But how about, should I just build up my life and then see where it's going? and then maybe expand the studio. And then, that was kind of uh, around the pandemic. Uh, See? Yeah. So I was already looking for, oh, here studio. And they want to land in uh, where I am. Instead. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but then pandemic, boom. <laughs> right, that's for sure. And so that's so interesting because we kind of, live our lives and we're we're paying attention to what's inside of us that's driving us and then at some point you realize oh look what I've done I've created this you know and you don't really see it when you're into it doing it right um, you need kind of distance to see what you've done and um, yeah so how interesting and so what about, you know, when I talk to people about making these big changes, mm. like you did, and we talk about fear, and how sometimes being afraid of what what they're getting into, because they don't know, and um, that fear gets in the way. And how about you, Kun Sung? How, how do you deal with fear? Or do you even feel it? Or what's your way of dealing with it so uh how i grew up nobody told me what i should do because that's also one good things about uh you know my parents were not there for me so i had to make a decision what i want to do where i'm going not always openness was a uh there but when I really want from my inside, that was where I want to go, then I did. So there was no fear. Mm. And then, um, but I also didn't want to feel my emotion very long time. And then I start to open my emotion and feeling when I arrive um Amsterdam after one year. That was a really hard period for me to feel what I feel. And then there was emotions. So from there on, um, yeah, that was really broke down uh, everything. Um, so from there, um, but it was good enough. Uh, I was old enough to feel the fear because of my experience, past experience, what I've done, I could trust myself that, oh yeah, I did this. So I can trust myself to move on with fear. So that now is, that's, yeah. that's so good because 
Well, number one, you talk about your parents were never around. And even though so many would think, oh, no, that's awful. Yeah. You had the good part of it by saying, well, then I had to make my own decisions. And then that whole thing, which I'm always when I work with women and they're getting ready to take an, the next step that might be hard for them to get them to say, yeah, but what have you done in the past? You made, you know, you trusted yourself, you did it, you're okay. And so you realize that on your own. Yeah. yeah. Trusting yourself to get you to where you want to be. And that's wonderful. So as people listen here to what you've done and your story and if you wanted because there's so much that they could take away but if they could only remember one thing that you wanted to make sure that they remembered that you've learned in your life what would you want them to remember from this conversation that's uh I can just say from my experience that I was always talking to myself. Um, there was always a dialogue, not always a pleasant, but um, I learned a lot through that dialogue and then made a decision and then go move forward. Mm -hmm. So, um, Of course, we can have a lot of advice from others. But in the in the end, the deep down, how you feel about talking to yourself and then from that answer, and then you made action and move forward. For mm -hmm. me, that's, um, that's um, empower ourselves. Right. That's how I want to teach. And then I'm teaching with my client to listen and aware what your body feeling and then from there you are ready to move or whatever big movement and jump mm -hmm. but without listening yourself and then what's going on that's really hard to jump you can jump but you get injured you will get injured mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. sure so that's uh, i think what <laughs> we'll want to share with the people yes. and i think that your experience in with dance must really not only how it helped you when you were young and i'm only assuming that when you said you had to work through your emotions it must have been connected to losing your brother and having your parents divorce and um but dance just that move movement itself helps us work through tough things right um, yeah, tough things. And then, um, you know, around the people who love the dance. And then you see, we have different issues, but you can really learn a lot also how they learn from dance and then how they move up. So there is a thousand different kind of uh, people around me who loves dance. And then we all have a different issues and then we work differently. But that was for me like a learning curve that uh, not only my way is the best, but 
I saw, and with my clients also, I saw how they learn and then with a little bit of my help and then advice and then information, they really become things, it's a movement and then theirs. So that's kind of a, for me, um, we live together, not living all by myself. So that's yeah. a song layers <laughs> inspiring it's inspiring and um so i have one more question for you yes. <laughs> so are you dancing at all now uh i'm dancing uh not outside of my house so much uh sometimes i dance in um belfast there is a woman's work and during summertime three days at uh it's kind of more performance, but I dance a lot at home with my daughters. And sometimes in the morning, if I have time before I work um, with the music, I dance in my studio. For me, it's not uh, important anymore on stage and then studio, but sometimes I miss the bodies. Yeah, other and bodies. Right. Other bodies. right. So, well, I'm thinking the way you have gone on these multiple journeys following your heart that you're probably gonna keep going and who knows where you're going to end up but make sure you stay where you are so I can keep coming to you <laughs> because my back and my body is so happy you know it's I feel very fortunate yeah I've continue to meet you and same time you know you know what to do now <laughs> so now that's true oh <laughs> you're talking about homework aren't you yes <laughs> on that note i'm going to thank everybody for listening and um hearing what this wise woman who has come from way over in the other side of the world to us here in maine to teach us a lot. And thank you for being my guest, Chung Sung, and um, sharing your story with us and helping to inspire other heroines on their journey. And I want to encourage people to listen, to keep listening. There'll be some other, we're in the fifth season now of our podcast for real life heroines. And I'm finding that every just, you know, I would think if I interviewed everybody that I met on the street, every woman, I would find she is on a heroine's journey. So um, you are too, those of you listening, and tune in for our next podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Chun Sang. Thank you, Sajan. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the podcast for real life heroines. Your time and presence mean the world to us. If you're hungry for more inspiration and ready to craft your own heroine story, connect with Susanna outside of the show. Visit SusannaLillard.com to discover her courses and programs designed to empower you on your journey. Until next time, may your days be filled with the courage and strength of a true heroine. Stay inspired.